My wife and I, we had a lot of fun, man, for a long time. But she had this girlfriend. That fucked it up. <laughs> With the big titties, you know the type of girlfriend I'm talking about, that I tried to ignore for six months. When she'd come in the house, like, Hello there, how you doing? I don't really notice your tits. Oh. I would like to be the mayor of Tit Town, if I could, okay? I'd like to drive a big truck full of tits down the Tit Turnpike right into the middle of Tit Town. Don't you wish the guy walking in front of us would squeeze our tits for like one second? Not an ass man. I'm a tit man. I like big ass boobs. Now and forever. Not like a black guy, Vita. Give me back your tits! Give me back the tits! Welcome to Last Minute Earth. My name is Lex Sturger. As always, I flake by Matt Ralston. Like many young people in Los Angeles, Matt has been unable to achieve orgasm since Donald Trump was elected president. With the lone exception being when he really concentrates hard on Dottie Jr. teabagging his nuts. <laughs> that is the, the West Hollywood conundrum, right? They hate Trump, but they want to have sex with all his, with his two sons. I did not know that. Yes, that's true. I read that at the, uh, at the Abbey in the bathroom. <laughs> this week's show is sponsored by the Aleppo Tourism Board. If you've never... <laughs> Been to the ancient magical city of Aleppo on family vacation. Think again. Aleppo. The deals have never been better. Man, I dare you to name the uh, five affected parties in Aleppo at, <laughs> in war in Aleppo. Can you name them? Um, is ISIS one of them? Yes, ISIS is one of them. <laughs> Give me a thing. Shit. Um. Here's, basically, here's the answer. Everybody hates everybody. <laughs> and they, you know when Americans start to tune out? When Muslims start hating other Muslims and are fighting other Muslims? Right. Then America just, American readers just understand this is way too complicated for me to understand. <laughs> like, I'm like, okay, I get the Muslims. I hate the Christians. The Russians hate the U.S. There's the, the, the pro-government guys hate the rebels. But when like various factions of Muslims start fighting with each other, it just becomes instantly too complicated. That's why it was not a great idea to invade their country and try and like, unite them. Uh, Syria, you mean? Yeah, all those countries were, you know, all those countries were put together by what was it, Britain, like a hundred years ago. They were all at religious war. Then, like the UK came in the early part of the twentieth century and just said, "Okay, you're now a country." And here's seven factions that fucking have hated each other for two thousand years. You're now a country. Well, different types of Christians hate each other too, don't they? They don't really kill each other though. Uh, probably in the old days they did. I'm sure. There's always. Been, I mean, look if that, if people have always wanted to kill each other, if, if the only people you had around you were other Christians, you killed them as well. Yeah. And Muslims hate other Muslims mostly because they just live next to each other. Uh, and there's just a reason. You have to kill, you got to kill somebody. You're not going to kill your own. So, you know, I don't know. It's like football fans. I call them football fans. So Raider fans will kill Chiefs fans. Yeah, but yeah. They're all, but they're all football fans. But you got your own team. You got your own team within the league, right? <laughs> so if you wish to contact the show, hit us up on Twitter, Last Men Podcast, or on Facebook, also Last Men Podcast. All right, on to the show. Uh, Matt, I know you have all 17 of Pitbull's albums. His LPs, his EPs, 45. It's easy to release albums when you don't sing or play any instruments. On no. I believe he like, he says like a few words into it, like a track, into right. like a recording, and then he just like dub it over into various songs. It's just sort it's of... It's a good gig. It's pretty... Like he like just speak 10 sentences into here, and we have seven albums now. Uh, and someone just plays it over a Casio, key- Casio keyboard track, and they throw in like 10 vaguely Latina girls getting their ass slapped, and you got, you got a Pitbull video. Yeah. Which, by the way, is why I love him. Uh, I think you should, too. Uh, it was uh, learned this week that uh, Pitbull was being paid secretly. I don't know how secretly it was because we learned about it. Uh, by the state of Florida to be, the Florida, to be a spokesperson, secret down-low spokesperson uh, for Florida. And uh, apparently the two sides were so embarrassed that they consummated this deal. 
Pitbull being embarrassed by Florida and Florida being embarrassed by Pitbull, that they both tried to keep it secret and they threatened to sue each other if they released the details, which Pitbull finally did because he's a badass in your grandma's sunglasses. I didn't get why Pitbull cared. Uh, well, they had a deal that they were somewhere in the deal was that they weren't going to disclose it. So there was like, a, you know, a threat of that. And I think Pitbull just doesn't want to know, like, he probably doesn't care. People know he's being he's spokesperson for Samsung or he's spokesperson for whatever, you know, liquor drink. But he didn't want to know he was being paid by a tourism board. I guess he thought that was kind of cheesy. And then, the same token, Florida didn't want people to know they were paying Pitbull. Well, what did her. Pitbull think that people thought? That he was just volunteering his time to do these commercials? Well, but again, they weren't, they, weren't, they weren't commercials for Florida. They were featuring Florida in his music videos and his work and him talking about Florida. And him agreeing to like so he was like embedding the advertisement in his songs. Yeah, well, into his like music videos, into his performances. He agreed to do some performances. Like, well, that is embarrassing. Yes, I'm telling you, it is. But is it? But isn't it really embarrassing? Is not Pitbull? Here's I ask you this question: Is not Pitbull the spitting perfect image of Florida for people that don't live in Florida? At least, yeah. Pitbull is like a composite of every single person from Florida yes. <laughs> ever. It's not embarrassing. He's like it's like having like yeah, you know, it's like having your kid. He looks like your kid. He looks like the it's like the son looking like the father. Uh, he's Cuban. He's uh, his parents immigrated from uh, ditched uh, Castro and came like swam over to Florida. He was he grew up dirt poor in Miami. He's la- he's Latino. He's a total tool. He's a total tool. <laughs> he's he's got a, he's thirty five but he's bald. He's wearing oversized sunglasses, bad, bad silk suits. Goes clubbing all the time. Clubbing all the time. Uh, has made a career. A lot of boats. I don't yes. know if we mentioned the, the yachts. He's on, he's on yachts a lot. He seems to be slapping girls' asses a lot uh, that are way, way out of his way of his league. He's got a swag. He walks with a certain swagger. He has a, a rhinestone rhinestones on his boots. Always <laughs> talks about Cuban sandwiches as if anyone gives a shit. Yes. Really, honestly, he is like, whenever I think of Florida, he, before this, Pitbull's the guy who comes to mind for me. So why, I mean, is there anything wrong with a dude like sponsor? Is there anything wrong with a guy basically promoting Florida? And isn't this the best thing that ever happened to Florida? I don't know, man. I, I mean, it's a sad state of art when a guy with like a number one hit on the Billboard chart is is embedding Florida <laughs> Tourism Board advertisements into his but they songs. All, they're all doing that for somebody, right? They're all doing it for either for like, a, you know, Casamigos Tequila or if I can Old Navy or something like that. Song. I mean, it's well. I don't think. It, well, you think he's corrupting his lyrics? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, like, really I know like, they weren't that good in the first place, but yes. I mean, we got to have some sacred territory. It's just like Hemingway, like putting bullfighting uh, promos in his in his works. Uh, right. So I think it was just like I think what he was doing was he was doing concerts, he was doing like things. He also agreed to like have meet and greets for people. I, Florida sounds a lot like Vegas to me, by the way. It's like a Vegas hotel is how they market themselves. So mm. you get like meet, come to Florida, meet and greet with Pitbull. Right, right. Like. Florida really is, it is the art, we can admit it, it's the armpit of the country. Yeah, it's, it's terrible. It is, it's really a horrible place. But the kind of people who like Pitbull are the kind of people they're looking to attract. And to me, I would have I paid, paid him $10 million and just keep, keep it rolling. I'd be like, just come to Florida because if, if you're a dumbass, you'll fit in. And if not, you can feel superior and make fun of everyone else yes. that lives there. Come with your, I say, come with your double wide. <laughs> come to come to visit, come to pray with a, a Christian televangelist who are fucking whores on the side. There's lots of good shit that happens in Florida. Yeah, so I want to see like I want to see like Jeb Bush getting down like in pitbull videos, <laughs> like just some crazy ass <laughs> Florida shit. There's nothing Florida can do that would be. Here's the point: there's nothing Florida could do that would be too cheesy to promote Florida. No, it's not like Utah. It's not like Nebraska. Those commercials they have. And by the way, those commercials seem a little rough too. They're always just they're always just showing mountains. There's always pictures of mountains and like telling you how amazing it is. I, yeah, 
the California one shows people skiing, and then it's I think it shows like a movie set. It's like you know, not everyone in California no. uh, lives like no. This or whatever. They're not showing the meth labs like in Shasta. <laughs> yeah, you just show the valley. That's right. The immigrants working the working in the uh, San Joaquin Valley. Show a block away from Universal Studios. <laughs> yes. Okay. No, well, I'll tell you this: as bad as a block away is from Universal Studios, it's nothing compared to actually going to Universal Studios. <laughs> That's the worst experience of life. Uh, Florida, you're all right by me. I don't know who else could have, who else could have rep Florida better than Pitbull. Pay a million dollars. I will say that, like this whole way, this whole thing shook out with like I'm not. You can't tell. I, we're all embarrassed by this deal. Pitbull was embarrassed. Florida's embarrassed. Did remind me a lot of like sex you had freshman year. Uh, you, the collective, you had freshman year in college. When you definitely had sex with someone in your dorm, you weren't really proud of. <laughs> you like, and you kind of hope they wouldn't tell anybody, and you weren't going to tell anybody. But they, everyone kind of looked at you, looking at each other, and there were strange looks. And somehow, <laughs> there's always one guy sussed it out and like pointed at you and started laughing. That's that's exactly now. That might be a personal moment for myself. I don't know if that happened to you. <laughs> but there was always that moment when people figure shit out. I'm like, oh man, you dirty dog. Yeah, oh, dirty dog. All right, that's my that's the pit bull moment. Uh, can you name three pit bull songs? No, no, no. Brian, can you name three pitbull songs? Perfect. I like this crowd. You're my crew. We can help. Matt, let me ask you. Uh, there have been many excuses women have given you for not wanting to have children with you through the years. I know every woman you meet basically tells you right away there will be limited sex and we're not having ba- we're not having babies. Uh, my strategy is to act unstable enough that no woman would ever really want you to father their children. So you, leave, you like leave out your credit overdue credit card bills, your FICO score, like your four twenty FICO score. Yeah, you know, get drunk and drink wild turkey and yell yes. at the TV occasionally. That that seems to convey the message pretty vaguely. Pretty talk about out of state molestation charges that can't possibly be true. <laughs> yeah, just sort of you know drop a hint about I might want to shoot my neighbor or something <laughs> like that. I don't know. I don't think I should have kids just based on my my prison record. Uh, yeah, it's true. I don't think women are flocking to you, looking at you as a there's not ba- baby daddy is not written all over your face. No, it's more of a weekend thing. <laughs> yes, weekend, weekend. Can you wear a wig? Can you wear a wig and promise not to tell anybody? Thing. Uh, so, women, it seems to me, are having. We talked about this before. Women are having less. Uh, less women. Women having less sex. Uh, not just in Japan, but in the United States, and they're wanting, uh, upscale women are wanting to have less babies. So either they're adopting later in life, they're flying to Africa to get Malawi babies or things like that. But women are definitely not having the broods they used to have. And uh, I think there's still a shame, a stigma among women. I think it's. I think you would agree with me that. When we doesn't want a baby, don't have a baby, right? Right. In fact, if you get pregnant, we may have to <laughs> go horseback riding. We're, yeah. We're so much. We're so much on the abortion friendly side that we, we. Yeah, I don't think anyone's pressuring women into having children anymore, are they? Uh, no, I don't. I think that's long gone. Although I think women do it to one another. I think there is that all that stuff about women talking about the you know the, getting the pressure from their their families and their friends about having kids. You know, when they're in their thirties, that's definitely not coming from their boyfriends or their husbands or, or other men. Uh, so women are refusing to have babies these days, which is fine by me, but they still feel that stigma. So now they're having to come up with excuses for why they're not having babies. And the best one comes to us by way of all the uh, radical environmental newsletters I like to read. <laughs> John, I love, I love, it's really like porn for like far left progressive women. <laughs> so it's like talking about, they read about carbon, like carbon pollution admittance like in, in India and they just get off or something like that. So it's a whole new, a whole new vein of women who are saying they're not going to have kids because... Uh, they're worried. They're concerned for Mother Earth, for Gaia. I love when people use the word Gaia. That's just, Gaia? Gaia. Gaia is the ancient term for Mother Earth. It's a princess. It's the it's a woman who who feeds and nurtures Mother Earth. 
Oh, so like people that believed in really stupid things back then that thought like the stars were God and shit like that? Well, it's a way for women, modern environmentally conscious women to, to refer to the planet Earth as a mother Earth and Gaia. That's refer- sexist. Why is the Earth in a boat a mother? Did you never see Cap- Captain Planet, by the way? Uh, I did see it. It was. I thought it sucked as a child. It was the only thing on. <laughs> it, was, it was really horrible. They're making a movie out of it. They are making a movie about it. Uh, Leo DiCaprio is uh, set to produce a movie about it. Uh, so anyhow, they, but why isn't the Earth it? Why is why isn't the Earth gender neutral? That's well the because in ancient mythology, Earth was Gaia, which was a woman. Mother Earth. There was Mother Earth. Came from that term. But if you said spokesman to these same women, they'd correct you. Uh, they would spokesperson. But Gaia. So anyhow, in Captain Planet, by the way, Gaia was played by Whoopi Goldberg. Oh yeah, and the and the kids, uh, the international color Benetton kids who came from around the, around the world with their own, by the way, biased stereotypical traits of their continent, <laughs> uh, would refer to Mother Guy, who then brought about Captain Planet to help save the environment. Do you watch this show still? <laughs> I'm just, I'm just look. If there's a Captain Planet trivia contest, pick, pick me for your team. That's all I'm saying. Uh, as a, even even as a younger person, I really hated that show, but I had to watch it because I felt compelled to. To review how how annoyingly <laughs> how annoyingly uh, you know it, didactic that show was in preaching about environmentalism. Also, it helped disabled children like in Africa; they were always being saved. Uh, <laughs> that was really the problem in Africa. Yeah, and by the way, the kid. So the kid like from Africa had the powers of like the black kid from Africa had the powers of what you think of, like African, like stereotypical African, like animals in South American. Uh, I think her power she could speak Spanish. Uh, there was like the redheaded kid, the redheaded white kid who was like. The Irish, whatever it was, in mean, trying to trying to save the environment, had to be really super stereotypical. Did, did the show ever address like the fact that probably Exxon Mobil was running ads during the, <laughs> the same show? No, they didn't really. Oh, the Asian girl was very good with like a play musical instruments and was really really smart. So uh, yeah, so they just decided like, the, what did the Irish guy do? They don't have any good stereotypes. <laughs> they did. I think he drank a lot. <laughs> he was kind of like out of work and drank a lot. Uh, he was, you know, what he was he was plucky. He was plucky. Is plucky. So, yes, he was plucky. That was his skill. That's he was, not a. It's <laughs> yes. not a power. He was. The Irish are very plucky, so they uh, they may not work. But uh, if there's ever like a, if they're down on their luck and everyone's beaten down, these guys says, "All right, come on, everybody, let's do let's do this." Last last case resort. He goes <laughs> yes. and tries to talk him out of it with a witty anecdote or something. Something like puts his arm around his shoulder. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what it is. So Gaia is a woman, and so uh, the women are now saying that they don't want these strain of women are now saying. They're not having children because children are a burden on the environment. A, the children are a burden on the environment, which is actually true. Uh, I think we can both agree. And B, uh, they don't want to bring a child up in this world where they know the world is doomed because we passed the point at which we can save Mother Gaia. Mm-hmm. And so their children will be facing a lifetime of, uh, I don't know, drinking acid acid rain and, and drowning in their own urine and uh, I don't know, whatever else is going to happen. No trees. There'll be no trees. And uh, we'll be swamped by uh, something else. I don't know. Pterodactyls will come down from the sky. <laughs> I don't know what happened. Here's the thing. Uh, if a woman told you that, would you think she was nuts? Or would you just go along with it because you don't want to have kids? Oh, yeah. I mean, I wouldn't. If, yeah. I'd Like, yeah, I don't care whatever you say. Like, I, I would just, as someone who doesn't want to have kids, be like, yeah, sure. Great. Whatever. Fine. Fuck it. <laughs> but <laughs> you would say if he was a teen. And also, by the way, can you adopt, can men adopt this for themselves to do things like is there things that men cannot get away with by saying it's it's for Mother Gaia? It's for the environment? It's right, for the environment? right. Like, no, I, I, I can't go meet your friends for dinner because, you know, I don't want to burn the gas. Yes, yes. We should just stay here. and uh, <laughs> Yes. Or or I should fuck your hot friend. Okay. <laughs> I, really, I should be fucking your hot friend because uh, she comes over here anyhow, and that saves a lot of travel time. I'll definitely use it if I ever need to, but it just seems like such a 
bullshit thing because we all know that women are sort of most women are kind of biologically uh, well, like obviously you know to state the obvious like drawn to having children and there are some that don't want to and these are just those women so I would say that's like a more cut and dry way to say it that they're just they're creating this excuse because it's a very noble excuse I mean, this is this is the ultimate right in slacktivism yeah where they're like deciding like as to activate to activate their environmentalism they're going to not have to spend the next 20 years <laughs> raising a child but instead going to go on awesome vacations to like Australia yeah and they're probably like 22 right now and when they're 30 they'll have children uh, they will. Most women do end up having children, either they're bitching about it, or like I, I think an increasing number of women are not having children, or they're adopting later in life, or they're having one kid later in life, which is fine. I think a lot of these like arguments that women seem to be having with men really seem to be arguments with other women, right? Because as you said, men don't stigmatize when you meet a thirty-five-year-old woman with no kids. You don't go like, oh, creep! How creepy! How fucking creepy! No, not at all. Or like, aren't you getting a little old not to have kids? All you say is like, "Will you promise me you'll never have kids and we can marry? We can marry, live together forever." Yeah, I mean, if your your biological clock is telling you to have kids, you could be the foremost authority on environmentalism in the world. I mean, you could be the most respected client uh, climate change scientist in the world, and you would still have a kid if that's just what you were kind of supposed to do. Yes, but you know what you would do? How you would have your kid? Because we saw the video. You would find a creek, a very pristine creek, <laughs> in the, somewhere in the hinterlands, and you, well, your husband would build a dam in the water, and you would, you would, you would crawl about for 15 hours along the shore until you're ready to birth the child into the, into the sacred, pristine water. And that's how, by the way, that, that environmentalist we're talking about, she had, I think, like three or four kids. So that afterbirth is going to be like in some bottled water. Yes, at some point? yeah. It's no longer the most pristine. No longer the most. Yeah, the food, the Fiji water. <laughs> <laughs> Why is there an eyeball, <laughs> embryonic eyeball in my water? Uh, so as you're saying, she wanted, She obviously felt the need to have kids, but she was an ardent environmentalist. So her excuse was like, okay, uh, I'm going to damage mother guys slightly by having children for them or whatever the fuck. But I'm going to do it in a pristine way that preserve that does it in a natural way that will please Gaia, right. and therefore I'm back to like it's like, it's like you know uh, your carbon footprint. I'm back to normal now, right? Is that the way it works? Like I, I think the way it works is whatever you do is yes. awesome. Yes. So if you have a kid, that's awesome. You're yes. fucking great. And yes. if you don't, you're still fucking amazing. Yes. There's always has to there always has to be a and this is all again put upon women by other women as far as I can tell. Because men don't judge anybody's daughter, anybody's daughter until they're eighteen. That's my, that's my that's been my experience. They don't they don't judge mothering, they don't judge motherhood, they don't even judge environmentalism. Uh, they found, by the way, in the same study in the same group about women who were not having kids because of the environment, the guys in the environment didn't give a shit. <laughs> they were not they did not feel the same way, and uh, they just wanted to have as much unprotected sex as possible, no matter no matter the outcome. Yeah, well, the, the shitty thing about being a guy in the environmentalism field. And I'm an environmentalist, but you know, not naturally, not, not the best looking uh, women out there either, right? Oh, really? Oh, no. Maybe no. there aren't too many suitors. For yeah, them. yeah, you think so too? Yeah, the, you know, the woman uh, dropping her uh, her placenta into the creek. Her husband, <laughs> your husband, seems like he didn't have any better options. Yeah. If you're if you're pulling rock to build a dam for your wife in that situation, if you have hairy legs and armpits, you're probably going to have like on average ten percent less children because there's. At some point, a guy just doesn't want it. Yeah. Also, by the way, if you if you ever meet a woman whose whose cause is something that can never really be fixed, <laughs> literally, and that's a lot of causes. I mean, but like she can never like environmentalists are never going to win, right? No. So environmentalism is a cause where you have to admit you're going to lose like throughout your entire lifetime. It's a losing battle. You're it's saying it's battle. almost a masochist, a fatalist type yes. of thing. So you have to be really angry to be like a really ardent environmentalist. You're going to be angry all the time. So you're really committing yourself 
Just like that woman we talked about who was 50, 75, married to the guy forever, who was a linguist at Berkeley. The feminist linguist at Berkeley. Yeah, yeah. You're really committing yourself to a lifetime of living with an angry woman. <laughs> which isn't, most guys just will not go for that. You have to really, as a, as a guy, you have to really be devoted to the environmentalists to take that on as, a, as, a, as your mate for the next 30 years. Yeah, you're like, I'm doing enough already. I'm gonna, you know, yes. I want to fuck the gymnast. Yes, because she's pulling up Hoppo or reading the paper every morning, just fucking cursing and yelling and throwing shit, talking about like fucking X on this, X on that. Yeah. And after a while, you're just kind of like, I don't know, I just want to fucking have some eggs. You just want to <laughs> be able to, you know, be more knowledgeable about any given subject so you can explain things as opposed to having to like debate them and go over the minutia of it. Like, well, I don't know, the carbon is this many times. It's like, oh, that's fucking boring. No, you're angry all the time. All right, women refusing our babies because we're a broken planet. I'm calling you dubious. Yeah. <laughs> I'm calling that very dubious. By the way, the picture they had in the story was a, a, a pregnant, a woman with a pregnant belly, but the belly was a picture of a dry, arid, cracked earth. Oh, dun, 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 dun. Yes, that was that was really horrible. Uh, also, this confirms my theory. Also, that women are nuts. <laughs> Throwing that out there. Matt, well, let me ask you. We have a question from uh, Ryan. Uh, an email from Ryan. Uh, let me just put this out to, to you blatantly, so you can answer this question uh, dishonestly. <laughs> uh, did you did you come as many times as I did watching Buzzfe- Buzzfeed's? Unvictorious Secret Fashion Show. Uh, and before you answer that question, uh, the Victoria's Secret, the Unvictorious Secret Fashion Show put on by BuzzFeed was the fashion show where they took uh, overweight, obese, uh, largely un- you know classically unattractive women and a tranny, of course, and put them in a skimpy lingerie and had them parade out on a trumped-up fake little fashion show where BuzzFeed reporters, largely women and gay men, applauded like crazy as if they were seeing the circus for the very first time as children. It's like a make-a-wish thing, basically. It was, it was really horrible. Uh, so the question is, uh, Ryan Wester, did you come as many times as he did? And let's just say he twice for Ryan. I'm just guessing. He didn't write. <laughs> right. Was there anything arousing to you as a man, uh, 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 just as a man first and foremost, about that, that uh, panties and bra display? Yeah, it was pretty lame, obviously. And as you said, they still picked the hottest chick to kick it off. And then it kind of got progressively fatter, right? Yeah, so they brought in one ringer <laughs> who was like, I don't know what her issue what her issue was about being scared to be seen in her underwear, but she clearly shouldn't have had any issues about seeing, you know? And so they brought her as a ringer, and then they started bringing out the parade of, like, I don't know what the hell you would call that parade. It was, like, a scary... It was Here's the thing. So we all know this, that this whole thing about women in lingerie and women, large obese women are really a sort of classically attractive. One woman, by the way, had a hairy armpits, huge hair out of her armpits. Okay. It's an easy fix. Yes. We all know this doesn't work in the marketplace because these women are not selling lingerie. The lingerie companies using them to promote are not selling anything. Victoria's Secret sells $6 billion a year. And the, these, these alt lingerie companies that feature real women sell like a fraction of 1% of that every year. I think they should start selling it by the square inch. You know, ooh, lingerie by the by the uh, foot, like like the way I buy gold in New York from vendors. <laughs> yeah, like a small is twelve bucks, but you know, you gotta, you want to move up to a medium that's fifteen, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, and by the way, uh, as a side note, I don't get super. I sometimes buy extra extra large stuff, and I don't get offended when they charge a little bit more for that <laughs> because I figure like it is unfair that like a small and and a double XL of anything should be cost the same. I know people get upset about the same buying like a one shirt. Right. But clearly, you're buying twice as much material, and they're not charging like a million dollars more if you go to Target. They're charging like a two dollar, two dollars yeah. extra for the extra large. 
I get that. I'm, I'm buying something twice as large as like the little little guy. Yeah, over there. it should cost more. If not, then you're admitting that that you're just buying shit based on advertising and that you're stupid. <laughs> yes, or the fact that the uh, the. Uh, the it's the Indonesian company that made your major your, the cost of electric eleven cents. The Target's <laughs> making a little upside on that for fat people, but that's okay too. Uh, here's my question: I asked you this before. Like, is how how is it? You and I get into the minds of women all the time. I think we may be the leading feminists of our time. How is it that putting women out there who clearly are not designated by society, including women who won't buy shit from them, as lingerie ready, feel empowered by walking out on a runway? in their underwear uh, with a bunch of uh, gay dudes and BuzzFeed <laughs> clapping for so, them. So the point, their point was, this is a question, that every woman should be a lingerie model for a day if she wants to? Or uh, the larger point being that women should not, women feel very self-conscious about their bodies because they see, in large part because they see these women, these unrealistic portrayals of women, and largely the Victoria's Secret models are unrealistic portrayals of women. I'll, I'll grant them that. They've starved themselves, or they've gone around the world to find the most beautiful women. This is not like, there aren't like 80 Victoria's Secret models at your college, you know. They, right. They're definitely not a, they're not a standard representation of women in our, in our world. Mm. But they're models, right? As you've said before, they're models. They are models of women. Well, I mean, all women are different. I mean, there are some super thin, sort of leggy women out there, and that's... But they didn't just tits. pick like the ten closest women to the Victoria's Secret store and bring them in to do a fashion show. No, they searched the entire world to find these like sort of prepubescent looking, <laughs> slender, attractive, naturally attractive, almost entirely white women with Aryan, Aryan features to model their model their panties. So there is that. But having said that, we all sort of understand that models are supposed to be slender, and that goes for male models too. By the way, how is this empowering? So the idea is that these women, these Victoria's Secret fashion show. While men are ogling at this fashion show, by the way, the audience is almost entirely female for the fashion show. While these men are ogling on CBS, which no man watches, uh, are ogling these women. These other women who are, are not don't have perfect bodies or perfect looks and are self conscious are just like crying in the corner at home, realizing they can never be like these other women or garner the confidence or attention, positive attention these women do. Uh-huh. Does that <laughs> so coincidentally? So they only. Uh, had, I don't don't make me go don't make me go to log on to BuzzFeed for another time. <laughs> it's really embarrassing. So they had mostly overweight women, which no coincidence, American society is mostly overweight. So these are I guess they're saying the average woman should be represented, but then anyone could get the job and the whole point of getting paid a shitload of money to walk down a runway is that not everyone can get the job. Well, it, it, it belies of a couple facts. One is women are buying shit that looks good on other hot women. <laughs> Yeah, even the larger women who don't look attractive are buying stuff more often from other attractive women because at fashion, you know, there's no reason why fashion is an actual industry. It's entirely aspirational, right? We could all buy, like I do, my two dollar extra T-shirts at Target. We could all be shopping at Target for all our clothing needs. The reason any store other than Target, clothing store other than Target exists, is aspirational, right? Right. Because you want to look like you want to look like Pitbull, so you're shopping. You're shopping at some place that sells Pitbull silk, silk unbuttoned silk shirts, right? It's not because you need an unbuttoned silk shirt to get around in your life. So, you know, this whole thing is like women women buy Victoria's Secret lingerie because they look at the catalog. They want to look like the hot Romanian chick, you know, unrealistically hot Romanian chick. They're not buying from Tess Holiday because they don't want to see them. They don't even if they're large, they don't see themselves as a as a morbidly obese British, British model. Right. That's not their aspiration. Why would they want to buy clothing from her? Well, they might write a letter on Twitter saying, like, you go, girl, represent us real women. But they, they're they not buying. They don't want to look like her. 
That's ridiculous. No, no one does. And and also, I, I would say it's interesting that they, um, they they simply stuck to the heavy women because the the to the body aspect because uh, Victoria's Secret models, you know, they're usually fairly attractive in the face. I mean, I think that's part of getting the job. Yeah. But they didn't have any. Not to say that this is beneath them. I just I don't think they thought of it. I, I think that they're saying that your face uh, can look however it, it wants, but you know, because they should have had a, a bald woman, you know, with a with one eyeball and no teeth in there or something. That That's kind of hot. I might change my answer point. to I might change my answer to arrive by how many times I came watching the show. If that was the case. Uh, you're right. Well, like someone like Tess Holiday, she is actually a pretty woman. She just is like 200 pounds overweight. So, as opposed to like having one eyeball or wanting a leg, losing a leg, or being a paraplegic, or being either black or Asian or something like that, her quality is is a mutable is a mutable quality. She could lose two hundred pounds and be a lingerie model. Right. She's just choosing. She's choosing not to go through that rigorous effort it would take to do that, and to feel empowered. The women really, after they're interviewed, really like after. First of all, they like. I'm convinced women in a group can work themselves up to be excited about anything. <laughs> There's like. Literally, if you get ten women and like some couple bottles of wine together, they will <laughs> get it at a camera. They will get whooping heart crazy about anything. <laughs> right? They have like those dildo parties, and they think it's the funniest thing that's ever happened. It could be anything. They could be talking about like a five percent off at like you know a cosmetic store, and they think they they don't need actresses to play those in the commercials. <laughs> women just like work themselves into a lather. No more so than if you've ever seen them at bachelorette parties, like at strip clubs. Mm-hmm. Women are fucking insane. They're just like literally. They become like guys and groups become gross, but women literally just become fr- like a frenzied pack of like, animals. It's just it's the it's the most bizarre thing. Then some of the most reserved women they get like two drinks at a bachelorette party, and all of a sudden they're just like fucking in, it just insane. Uh, they're like Nancy from Sid and Nancy. Uh, so here's the thing, Matt, reach deep inside of your most feminist feminist per- persona. I know you have one. What is it that these women find empowering, these, these larger women or the woman who had hairy armpits or the woman who wasn't even a woman like six months ago, she was a man. What is it they find empowering about a completely artificial setting where they're being lauded for being, feeling, being beautiful as women when it's entirely fake and they know that's not actually real in terms of the actual populist marketplace? Well, I think they were kind of acting, weren't they? But I, yeah. No, they were really giddy about it. They were really <laughs> giddy about it. Uh, the uh, the gay guys in the audience who they had pl- like doing cat calls, they were clearly faking it. <laughs> they were clearly faking it. But the women themselves felt like incre- they felt incredibly empowered. So here's my actual point. I'm just going to answer a question for you. Aren't women when the women say they want to feel empowered? Isn't it completely an arbit- completely arbitrary feeling that really can be uh, acquired by either doing something or not doing something in equal, in equal measure? Yes, yes. And it's yeah. completely just a sense of like it's a completely random sense of self. That either you feel empowered or you don't feel empowered, it has nothing to do with what you're actually doing, accomplishing to, to make, get that feeling. Yeah, I think that's a good point. And, and also, why can't we just let... So when you say real woman, so you're implying that these thin women aren't real women uh, and that you're somehow superior to them. Uh, but Victoria's Secret, you know, that's their space. We all know what the models are and, and frankly, probably more thin women than fat by lingerie. So I, I don't. Whoa, whoa, whoa! <laughs> I just don't see whoa. these. Whoa! Are you kidding me? Well, no. I think you're right in the stores. You don't see a lot of like. You don't see thin women trying to crash the plus size party. It's, it's essentially the same thing. I think a lot of. Uh, I don't know. Maybe we watch, you and I watch different pornography, but I think I see a lot of a lot of women in like uh, uh, garters and, 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 and nylons and, and crotchless panties. 
Uh, but that's just me. And well, that the is lingerie my... can cover up a few rolls, I guess, <laughs> if, if you got the belt. Because they pull it down, so it's kind of on the midsection. Also cover up a cesarean scar, I believe. Um, nice. <laughs> this, but, is a, this is, to me, this is a male equivalent of guys feeling good when their sports teams win. <laughs> There's absolutely no... It's, the, the relationship is so indirect... It's just, a, it's just something men attach themselves to to feel good for no apparent reason. It would be almost like feeling good for all men if if either team won in yes. the Super Bowl. Yes. Which makes no fucking sense at no, all. No, it doesn't. I always revert back to sports for guys to feel to show comparably stupid things because men are do incredibly <laughs> stupid like things like this uh, to feel good about themselves related to sports. So, <laughs> it's not like, it's not like, I don't want to make sure we're not just picking on women. Men are equally as stupid to women. It's just that I think I understand men better. So when men do stupid shit... Like get excited about winning the fantasy football league, right? We all kind of laugh at it and realize it's not that important. That's true. It's like I went with my buddy who's a season ticket holder to the Clippers to a quote practice with the Clippers where they they let you do drills and shit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So like a grown stupid. man, right? It was so stupid. Like the guys at the, at the guys who go to the uh, spring training, the baseball, like the fifty yeah. year old guys who go out there and hit the ball with like. Some old eighty-year-old guys. It was for the so team. embarrassing. <laughs> it really I did it, but I, I didn't take yeah. it seriously. Like, it was like what age? What cutoff? What age? Like ten is the cutoff for that. Twelve <laughs> might be the cutoff for that. Exactly. <laughs> it's just like it's, there's definitely sports is for men is like their infantile joy. Sports and sex is definitely their infantile joy, and we all. But we as men laugh about how dumb men are about. It. But women, when they take themselves so super seriously about this shit. It just seems creepy to us because yeah. we don't understand it. So I know these women were actually felt really happy about themselves. And I know what their general point is. My only point is, as bared out by women in the marketplace, in the actual <laughs> capitalist system, it's women who are driving these other women to be skinny in all their advertising. It's not men. Men can give a shit if there was fat women in, Aver- in Vogue magazine. Right. We don't read Vogue magazine. We don't give a shit. So, I yeah. mean, yeah. We're, we're not going to be like, fuck, I really need to fuck a fat chick now. <laughs> no. No. Although sometimes that, that does come over me. <laughs> All right, uh, Ryan, I think Matt did not answer your question, but I think uh, same number, same number. But no, same number. Uh, Matt, let me ask you. Uh, I know you live in a world of double standards, also West Hollywood. Um, Julia Ioffe, I'm mispronouncing her name. I'm sure I'll, it's not hyphenated, but she's a feminist. Uh, she worked at Politico. I don't, here's, one, here's a group of people I just hate entirely. Everybody in the Washington and New York uh, corridor, like political columnist corridor, oh, the media, all those people, like it's just like it's insane how deeply involved they get in their into their work, and like even outside of work, uh, and it's weird because you and I and most people in America don't think it's that important. No, but they take themselves so fucking seriously. It really is. There's really almost no. It's really. I think entertainment industry people are akin to that on the West Coast. Which they take themselves, they take their 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 acting, their the science and method of what they do and their art very seriously. Yeah, but these political reporters, they they want to be actors too, right? Aren't they <laughs> they want to be. It's they not like be, actors wish deep down that they were uh, covering a congressional hearing. They something. all think they're Woodward and Bernstein, right? They all want to be like seen as political as figure as important figures and what they do. And I get that. And we didn't. We used to like there used to be important political reporters. You never really heard about them. But now, because of social media, you have to know everyone's name. Or they're on. T- they have a cable show. Or they're on TV or whatever it is. So now they're mixing the fact that they're like important because they're reporting on politics with the fact that they have a TV camera stuck in their face or they're you know they're being discussed on television. Yeah. And they become they become even worse. Uh, and I'll tell you one thing. I'll tell you a, a little side, not a side story, but a backward story. Uh, I used to live in Washington D.C. I lived there for several years, 
at a time when like Washington was just guys. I mean, the, the political establishment was all men. And literally they still, and this wasn't even that long ago, congressmen still had like business meetings at strip clubs. Like, <laughs> like that. That was like, this is in the, into the 90s, by the way, when they would like just meet with like their assistants or with other congressmen or lobbyists or whatever, and they would just go to at, have lunches at strip clubs. I see no problem with that. <laughs> no, that was like, and they actually got a lot of shit done. I was thinking about this, like with the, they always mentioned how like Ronald Reagan as Republican got along with Tip O'Neill as a Democrat, because even though they were vehemently opposed to each other, like politically, they would get together after hours and have a cocktail, which seemed kind of cool. But now, like nobody drinks anymore, <laughs> so yeah, no, no one could drinks. do no one could do that, and no one could do that anymore. You go to a strip club with someone you vehemently disagree with, you're going to come to some common ground because yes. it's like, well, look, we have this in common. <laughs> yes. We want to fuck this stripper. Yeah, so we're both having uh, we're both having whiskey and watching girls bend over in our face with their vaginas. Yeah, now you're drinking ginger ale and you're yes. pissed, and you're like, fuck this guy. Yes, exactly, exactly. So women, I don't want to say women ruin the fun because I'm glad there's women in politics now. But it became politi- all that shit became politically correct in, in Washington. And so the old boys network, which definitely had its flaws, uh, went away. And then everything became twice, twice as ugly, partisan, and political in Washington as it used to be. Because it was never like guys like, like I said, after bars and all these other places, strip clubs, wherever else it was, golfing. The guys from different political parties and p- political factions would get together and, like you said, agree on the fact they love titties. Like, so you're just- blaming this on the porn. Uh, no, I'm blaming this on the fact that, like, uh, once uh, you take... I'm sorry, on the strip clubs. No, no, no. They were good. Uh, by the way, the strip clubs had some of the best chefs in town. Uh, <laughs> they really did. They had a nice prime rib. Um, Probably not the cleanest tables. Once they got rid of, like, all the all the crappy places guys could do deals in, and it was and women became involved in politics, uh, they had to start taking out their aggression on each other in a different way. There was no friend. You couldn't be friends anymore, the people from across the aisle. And it became much more heated. This is my theory. I'm working on for my PhD <laughs> at, the, at the Learning Addicts. Uh, it, it became much more factionalized, much more political. Then you had to start on TV and 24-hour news cycles and social media. And now people can't even talk to each other. And you're saying the most heinous, hateful things to people that you could never say in the past because you had to go to a strip club with a guy. Right. So you couldn't just say shit about somebody when you had to like hang out with them and have drinks. And now when you're just firing shit across Twitter, which is like... A, a, a broadly published uh, venue to say shit you would never say to someone's face, right? It's just allowed a bunch of people who used to either be cowardly or had better judgment. Like, Twitter, you should just, like, there should be an hour between the time you write a Twitter and the time it posts. With, and I think Gmail does this, actually. Right? Gmail holds your email for, like, uh, three minutes now, I think. They add the feature where you can get your emails back. Oh, really? So it literally does not distribute your email for, like, two or three minutes. So if you have a second thought about something you send, you can still retrieve it. This is a setting you can self-impose. Yes, or? it's a yeah. setting you can self-impose. Okay. And there's actually uh, there's actually an email provider. I remember this a couple of years ago, where it would like scan your email for harsh words, and if you had harsh words in there, it would like not send it initially and say like, "Are you really sure you want to send this?" I don't want this feature at all. No, I, I well, like regretting shit. I like regretting shit too. However, I think the world would be a better place if everybody had this, right? Because you got to imagine like everybody who does writes shit on Twitter and I'm about to say what she wrote on Twitter pretty much wishes they could get it back after about an hour of trying to defend it trying to defend it every time I go on Twitter I wish I could get the time back afterwards well that that too as well so Julia this all leads up to my grand point of incest jokes Julia Ioffe who worked at Politico another place I hate just the name Politico I hate I'm not going to read it I'm just not going to read a site it's called Politico (laughs) because you're basically taking something that's a a, a third rate third rate industry and trying to make it sound glamorous um, she wrote it. She wrote this tweet yesterday. I think it was about Trump, Trump's daughter. And he said basically, Trump's so Ivanka, 
who we can all agree it's they have a creepy relationship with their father. With their father. Well, it's not her fault. She doesn't have the creepy relationship. He, he, he has a creepy fixation with his daughter. She is definitely the apple of his eye, of her father's eye. And whether or not he's doing anything about that beyond just lots of hugs, who knows? Uh, but he's giving her a job in the East Wing of the White House, which is typically reserved for the First Lady. So a lot of bad connotations here. Yeah. Um, but what one thing you don't say as a reporter, as Julie Offey did, was basically say, oh, Ivanka Trump will now be getting a job in the East Wing of the White House. Either Donald Trump is fucking her, or this is nepotism, you know, gone wild. Something like that. Okay. You surely shouldn't write that. You really shouldn't write the fact that the president is fucking his daughter, and that's how she got her job. Not because it's not funny, but because you're a reporter, you're not a comedian. <laughs> and it would be really, really funny if some comedian started making Donald Trump and Ivanka incest jokes. I could see a whole riff on that, right? Yeah. It's less funny when your job is to be a reporter and you're trying to get in on the, get in on the game of that. Right, because now we have the, the least of both worlds. You're, you're joking around, so you're not especially a credible reporter, and your jokes aren't funny, in my opinion. It's not funny to make a joke about... It's not funny to make a joke about Trump fucking his daughter when you spent the last however long, like, ripping on the guy because you hate him politically, right? Right. It's funny as a comedian because you're making an observation about the fact that Trump likes to put his hands on his daughter's waist and every time he says her name, he seems to get a heart on. <laughs> there's, I mean, that's true. There's, that's funnier when comedians, you know, make an observation about that. When you're someone with a grudge against a guy and that's your job, and then you say he's fucking his daughter... That's no longer funny. That's just hate and hate filled. I mean, maybe she really meant it. I don't know. Because in that case, you can't just, I mean, fuck, you can't just say anything that's not true and then go joke, you know, like as a reporter, that's not. Well, she clearly, she clearly was trying to make a joke, but within that joke is so much passive aggressive anger. Yeah. And you can't, like I said, you can't write an article every single day about how much you hate a guy. And then at the end of that run, say, oh, he, he probably fucking his daughter. That's how she got her job. That's no longer, like, chuckle-worthy. But here's really the point of this whole Trump incest Ivanka thing. It makes me a little little, little nauseous, I have to say. Yeah, it should. It's creepy. <laughs> She's an attractive daughter. <laughs> and Trump might be fucking her. But again, that's not for her to say. So here's the point. I think she's out of Trump's league. <laughs> Just dad, you know, the dad part aside. Yes. Ivanka, you think it's too hot for her, do- for her dad? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Well, she does look a lot like her mom, who he married and obviously had sex with. So there is that. She looks a lot like Ivana, the original, the original wife. So he does like the, she has that sort of Eastern European model thing going on. So there is that. But here's my real point, Matt. Isn't this? So all the women who re- I saw this tweet, she got fired from Politico because they had to fire and they think they were going to fire her anyhow. But she's keeping her like two or three other gigs with the uh, Atlantic and somebody else. I can't remember. Women who were like writing, like, she tweeted this thing and she, she actually took it down, of course, eventually. Because people who write controversial things on Twitter have to be show themselves to be cowardly as well by removing it, by removing <laughs> it later on. Uh, women were writing like, yes, this is true. Oh, if I could keep the joke up. Like, this is, like, he's definitely having sex with her. And like, this is the funniest thing ever and all this other stuff. Well, inherently, isn't this the most sec- one of the most sexist things you've ever seen written about a woman? Because they're basically saying Ivanka Trump could only get a job by fucking her father. Right. <laughs> it's just like, not only creepy and sexist, it's not like saying she had to fuck her way to the top. She had to fuck her father to get to the top. Well, her father had to fuck someone for her to get to where she was. So I guess you could look at it like that. Yeah, but this is like, can you imagine the male equivalent of this? This is basically like saying, like, this hot chick only got promoted because she fucked somebody. Right. Which is what she's saying. Not only that, she had, to fuck her, she had to fuck her dad. Which is usually true. But that is what she's saying. Yes, but if a guy, if you had written that about, uh, I don't know, uh, Nancy Pelosi's daughter, you would be uh, tarred and feathered and drove, driven out of town. 
Yeah, it would be very sexist to to say that about uh, a, a woman who got into a certain position. That it's, the only way they could do it was fucking someone. It's overtly sexual. It's overtly sexist. It's gross. Uh, it's clearly hate filled. And yet, people who don't like Trump are able. The, the large swath of people in the, the media and women on the line and stuff who don't like Trump are able to say like, "Oh, that's not horrible. That's actually funny." Well, the worst part to me about it is, I just don't find it funny. Like, I just don't think it's that good of a joke. So, I mean, I would find it much less offensive if it was maybe a little more clever or something. Maybe that cartoon and some kind of depiction <laughs> depiction involved. Well, but she's not. You can't. You can't just be in the position of like being the guy, the woman who hates Trump. In articles over and over again, and then make a Trump incest joke and have it be funny. It clearly comes not from a place of humor. It comes from a place of just hating the guy and wanting to hurt him. So does she pretend to be objective in the articles, or does she write kind of op-ed type stuff? Uh, she is a. She calls herself a political reporter. I think that it's, it's very clear who's biased and who's not, which is everybody in, in Washington and New York right now in the media is biased. Even either for Trump or mostly against Trump, but some for Trump, obviously. Yeah. There is no political. There is no straight journalism anymore. That's all gone. And the fact that you would actually make a Trump incest joke clearly just clearly well, shows that you can't even really be unbiased anymore, can you? I mean, like, how could you really not? Uh, how could you separate everything that's going on? Like, well, that's what people say. I don't. I don't mind the fact. I don't personally. I don't mind the fact that reporters are biased. I just wish they would say it. Right. Once you say it, you're. Once you say, I'm like, I'm here's who I voted for. I'm totally biased. I think Trump is the worst thing that ever happened in this country. Now here's my article. Yeah. That's fine. I can put it in context. It's a, it's the people that are trying to hide it. Clearly, the Trump is fucking his daughter comment means that she's not in the Trump. Not the Who Trump did camp. this reporter fuck to get this job? Yes, yeah. So now, by the way, so if you tweeted that uh, and you worked at any any uh, sort of media outlet, any company, you would be fired immediately. <laughs> you would be fired, and you never get a job again. So I like to point out the double standard of this. That's the thing that got me. Was the fact that female reporter saying this about Trump? You're allowed to make crude insinuations about family sex. Uh, as long as you're a female reporter and as long as it's a Republican, basically, right? Right. Then it's cool. There either there either is a principle about this shit. You're either, like, outraged about, like, sexism and sexual jokes and, and cute and angry humor, or you're not. You can't pick and choose who this, you know, you know this as a stand-up. You can't pick and choose who the target is to decide whether or not it's funny. Yeah. That can't be the decision of whether or not it's okay or not based on who we're making fun of today. I've noticed the feminist crowd is like so disingenuous it's always like look how this person owned this other person yes epic tweet it's like it's not even fucking good you're totally forcing it it's so forced yes you know like uh i don't think it's that good of a joke so for you to act like this is fucking hilarious and and amazing it, it just shows you to be uh kind of hypocritical and frankly kind of fucking lame Anyone, anyone who uses the term "epic," <laughs> "epic" without being ironic in a, in a headline, needs to actually just. Anyone be fired. who uses the word "epic" about a tweet, yes, needs to be punched in the fucking head. There's Yahoo and uh, Hello Giggles does that. A, Hello Giggles does that a lot. I don't uh, know what that is, but epic, it sounds terrible. That's the uh, Time magazines, the thing they bought from Zoe Deschanel, the positive of, of lifting space for women and women's uh, news and social outlet. Uh, and they write they write that more than anybody. Probably HuffPo does it too. Epic comeback and sexist to sexist remark. Yeah, yeah. And like, first of all, it's not an epic comeback if you've had forty-eight hours to think about it and you have writers. <laughs> that's not. That's not epic at all. So, so, but here's one. So, epic comeback. Hillary Duff was uh, kissing her son, and she posted that picture about kissing her son at Disneyland. And her four-year-old son, she was kissing him outside. Uh, it's a small world on the lips. 
And of course, she has, I don't know, 5 million followers or whatever the fuck she has. She got 102,000 like positive like likes on the picture with her son. And like one troll or two trolls wrote oh, that you're, you know, you're having sex with your son or whatever, some like incest joke about it, right? Yeah. Because she's kissing her son on the lips. So here's how you get your epic comeback. She picks out two out of 100,998 positive comments. There's two troll comments who write about some incest, you know, LOL. She picks those out, highlights them, writes an epic comeback to them saying how if you think that loving your son is gross and you don't belong as one of my followers, then she gets another 200,000 likes. Yeah. And then like Yahoo or HuffPo writes epic comeback by yeah, yeah. Hillary Duff to like nasty troll, nasty troll. And by the way, trolls are now the internet. So like one troll goes on Lena Dunham's thing and says yes. something like you're fat, yes. which is true. And it's like the internet shames yes. Yes. Lena Dunham. It's like, well, no, actually, it's one, it's like two guys. There's no, there's no uh, sign of laser reporting in the modern times than pulling one or two tweets as an example of a phenomenon. Right. <laughs> That's just not. There's literally, there's literally five billion tweets a day. And they pull out like two examples. as <laughs> like this is a phenomenon. And any writer sitting around like analyzing Twitter as though, as though it's like real life and as though it's actually important and like a pressing thing in society, yeah. uh, is is a shit for brains. No. Also, all reporters these days online are twenty three year old girls, <laughs> like parents, I said, whose parents are paying their rent. <laughs> so literally, that's literally the case. Uh, I mean, really, ninety percent of them on all these blogs that are writing these headlines and these stories. Our 23-year-old girls with no journalism experience writing right. headlines for 10 bucks a pop. So, Well, who else is going to get excited about a shitty tweet? Uh, I, uh, at, I'd say 3 million of Hillary Duff's followers. <laughs> people, are, people are clearly living vicariously through celebrities more than ever before in history. There is clearly, like, you used to have to, like, wait to get your monthly magazine to see, like, what your favorite celebrity was up to. And maybe, I guess, kind of imagine you live their life or live with them. Now, if you're like a Kardashian fan, you got a 24-7 content where you can actually put yourself in their life just full time and start like bemoaning like daily, th- like what they got for lunch. You can have like no life. You transfer your life over in, in your mind. You're essentially, uh, you know, in an iron lung at this point. Yeah. And there's fresh you remember women. Uh, I don't know if you your mom or some women used to have to read the same magazine over and over again. No, because there weren't that. just a word enough magazine. There wasn't <laughs> enough content. So it actually like read like through the People magazine for like the seventh time, but now there's like twenty. There's just millions of pieces of content. The Kardashians are putting out hundreds and hundreds of pieces of content every single day, so you can immerse yourself in their life and in their world without ever having to leave. Right. There's an there's an update every five minutes for you, so you don't have to pretend to like go back to the real world. You and can, the, right. And the interesting part to me is none of it's interesting. It's like here's what Chloe's doing. I, I'm just like, who is it? Yes, Matt. But if I may refer to the men, it's like them she jumped, you know, she jumped out of a balloon from the upper reaches of the atmosphere. Yes. And be like, all right, well, I want to know what Chloe's doing in that yeah. case. They're not doing anything. They're not doing anything. But again, I'm going to refer to my men with sports analogy <laughs> for the guys who like read all the stats, and, like follow all the fantasy shit. Right. <laughs> like, want to know what the wide receiver on the Chargers is doing? They have to find out. Uh, there's a lot of guys waste a lot of time watching ESPN for eight well, hours a day. Catching a touchdown is tougher than catching some dick. Can we put that on a T-shirt, by the way? Yes, I like that. <laughs> quotable, quotable. Love that. Uh, I don't even know what the question was anymore, but I just know that uh, I uh, – oh, fuck. I don't even remember what the question was anymore. <laughs> now uh, you're right. I have to go on to the, 
You're absolutely correct. I must move on to the next segment. <laughs> Were you still talking about women uh, and guy? I don't even remember it was anymore. It the tweet, the girl that wrote the tweet, right? <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. The Politico girl. <laughs> yes. The Politico girl. Stop with your... Can, can you stop taking incest jokes away from convenience? You're just really hard. Yes. It doesn't... There's nothing worse than a person who dabbles, who dabbles in that. Right. Either commit yourself fully to making incest jokes about, pe- about famous people or get, get, get off the train. Matt, let me ask you. Uh, I have a new segment for you. Uh, this one has not been tested in, in any market, so I want you to know this may not go well. This new segment is called Matt Cries Rape. Uh, as one of the leading feminists of our time, I thought you should address the issue of rape. Specifically, as you know, this week in one of your pieces, Pierce Morgan. I think it's, is it Piers or Pierce? Well, I can't talk about uh, rape because I'm a, uh, not a woman. Yeah, also all those rape uh, charges in your past. <laughs> and, I, and since I'm not... Uh, Black, I guess I can't talk about anything relating to black people. I'm not a billionaire. Can I talk about billionaires? Uh, yes, if, as long as you make, as long as you rip on them, you can do that too. <laughs> yes. Well, here today, I'm asking you to be our rape expert. Okay. Uh, for for both pra- practical and theoretical. Put my rape hat on. <laughs> but you're, but you're, you should wear a hat when you rape people because then people will use that to identify you later on. Uh, Piers Morgan, Pierce or Piers, I don't know. It's what are the what are their most obnoxious British version of that pronunciation is. Uh, he call, actually. So here's my theory: the broken clock theory that, like, you know, broken clocks right twice a day. Is that even idiots like Bill Maher, Pierce Morgan, blowhards like that will be right if they keep saying obnoxious stuff enough to get attention? They will eventually say a thing that's actually something that's actually very, very cogent and, and, and very wise. <laughs> just by maybe just by accident. So he actually called out Lady Gaga this week. You noted uh, because Lady Gaga has now been mentioning Madonna has done this too recently. They all mentioned that it was always 19 somehow. They were all raped. No one knows about it. It was never reported, but they were raped, and they live with that burden, and they bring it up very opportunistically later in life. Write songs about it. <laughs> Write also. songs about it. Bring up in interviews. Uh, are able to commiserate with Kesha when she's fake raped. Uh, <laughs> it only comes up at certain. It only comes up at certain times. But he basically said, I mean, I think Pierce Morgan said, which is something you've kind of said before, and you can elaborate on your Matt Cry's rape segment. That like, if you're going to if you're going to say you were raped. Isn't it like any other crime something you should provide some evidence of, or is it just going to appear as sort of a convenient card you pull out to uh, use at the times you need it? Yeah, it, it does seem like an odd privilege in that if someone asks you to elaborate, not like demands that you elaborate on it, not like, but just says, "Well, explain what happened or what you mean by that," then it's it's like that's some kind of major violation of their safe space or whatever. Um, well, yeah. You, yeah, that's that's true. They don't even mention like when the uh, Derek Rose case. They won't even mention the other girl's name, like in these cases, right? Right. It's held sacrosanct that you know Derek Rose's name is mentioned there. He's a fucking creepy guy, but he's not a rapist. Uh, you know, but the woman's name is never mentioned. So, is it fair for Lady Gaga, Madonna, just to like you know bring up the fact that they're rape victims or they're raped without actually providing any evidence of that fact? Well, I don't know. It's a tough question. I'm not sure they're. That's why it's Matt Cry's rape segment, dude. Are they are they absolutely obligated to explain this is a black, it? This is, black, this is a black diamond of uh, podcast segments. <laughs> I don't I don't know I don't I don't know that they're that they're obligated to, but I would say that maybe it's not as credible of a thing to say if you have absolutely nothing to back it up, and if you get really defensive when someone asks you to even back it up a little bit. Well, also, I think because the definition of rape has changed a lot, the word rape itself has changed a lot. The criminal charge hasn't changed. But the word as used commonly in our society now, in our media culture, has changed dramatically. So 50 years ago, if somebody said, like, oh, I knew that the neighbor girl, she got raped, everyone knew what that meant. 
Yeah, but now it could be date rape. It could be not consent. It could be what Amy Schumer says how she was raped as as a teenager because now that she remembers that her boyfriend never asked her for permission. You could be Jedi mind tricking yourself into thinking you were raped, but and and you know that I at least if I got to talk to God, it's like yeah, that guy bumped into me on the bus. I think he might have grabbed my ass. Yeah, or since it, this was all nineteen, this was all when they were nineteen or twenty, this could be like. Any, I mean, most schools now, if a girl has more than like a beer or two, it's considered rape. Uh, this could be. There's a whole. I whole, think it's rape if you just fuck a guy and then you decide you shouldn't have fucked him. That's rape. Oh, if you're if you can prove you're a lesbian for sure. Uh, yes, I mean, there's a whole version of rape. the word rape can mean really anytime a woman regrets. It could be any anything from a man jumping out of an alleyway, beating the crap out of a woman and forcefully forcing himself on her sexually, to like you said, a woman regretting the fact that she had sex with the guy and maybe she remembers having a beer before it happened There's or not few, getting consent on the app on the on the uh, on the app i've fucked a few chicks i regret does that mean i was raped uh i think you're raping me by saying it's only been a few <laughs> <laughs> i'm the one who feels kind of raped uh but yeah so i think in this culture when you're saying like again like amy schumer said she was raped and then when she actually explained what it was in her book we all went no, like like we all la- we all kind of laughed at it. As She's much trying as to jump on the rape train. Yeah, but when she says she was raped, and then it was like, oh, okay, so I understand I was a rape victim. And then when you actually read the the excerpts from her book about what it was, then I think at least like a lot of us went like, I don't think that's rape. So yeah. we can at least judge her in that context. And, and, and it's cool to be raped, to have been raped. Is that, is that how you're winding up the Matt Crash Race segment? No, I just think, well, that's what Pierce Morgan was Quotable, saying. Brian, quotable. That's what, that's what Morgan cool was be, saying cool was that uh, if it's you fashionable. can't provide any evidence and that it's, it's, I can't remember the exact language, but that's become like a badge of honor or something like that. Which is very odd because if you look at the sexual assault uh, crime stats from the FBI, as I, I, I usually do in the mornings, uh, all sexual assaults are way down in the last 20 years. I mean, they've been declining for the last 20 years actual cases of uh, sexual assault. Mm-hmm. And it's for a number of reasons. One is they're locking up guys who do sexual assault longer. One, Two is there's much more awareness. Uh, three, guys like in these cases of date rape are becoming much more aware of how they're in danger themselves. Right. So they're pulling back from a lot of this shit they probably used to do. Little frat house behavior. People getting too scared of that kind of shit. Um, and yet the number of people that are claiming uh, rape as part of their pedigree has risen dramatically. Right. So that's why people that's why people like Pierce Morgan, an old school guy and an asshole, are asking these questions, which is you can't just say rape anymore. We don't know what it means. And you get a lot of benefits from from saying you were raped um, more so than any other being a victim of any other crime. And you have to put up some sort of proof, you know, some statement about it. Not a proof. I don't mean legal proof, but like some like Amy Schumer. I was 16. I was with my boyfriend and we got. Whatever, and he got my pants off, and then we had sex, and then I realized after the fact he never asked me for permission. Right, and and with Lady Gaga, who's I think she sang and wrote some blowhard song. Yeah, if it happens to you, in in response to Kesha, or applied it to Kesha's case or something. And Kesha most obviously was not raped. I think anyone, uh, regardless of of your opinions on rape would would look at that case and say okay she almost certainly was not raped so then lady gaga is like all on kesha's train that makes me just think like okay you have no credibility on the subject now so i don't believe you're rape yes i just can't i look at i look at you and i say no rape no yes, rape gaga exactly no what about madonna madonna was raped too she just discovered she just discovered it's a weird thing because again the definition of rape you as used colloquially by, by these celebrities is so broad and so vague 
literally probably every single female celebrity could claim they were raped. And male. And uh, is this something we should talk about? <laughs> it's close today. Uh, no, men are, allowed, men are not allowed to cry rape. Although I will tell you that I just wrote a story this week about a man, a 20-year-old man, uh, a football player, which is a British story, so read that as soccer, uh, was taken home from a bar by three women in their 20s, all of whom were not unattractive necessarily, uh, normal, semi-normal looking British women as far as that goes. Uh, they plied him with vodka, got him to drink way too much until he just about passed out or passed out, and then started to uh, do weird, bizarre, like where the wild things are, rumpuses, dancing around him, cutting up vegetables, shoving some up his ass, oh. doing all sorts of things. Well, that's not good. And, uh, and it seems to me they're getting out, they got a very light charge, to which everyone noted, like, if, a man, if three men had done this to a woman, it would not have been the same. Because no. everyone kind of saw it was like, well, three women just shoving, like, uh, some cucumbers up a guy's ass. That's kind of funny. Yeah, it has kind of a festive vibe <laughs> yes. to it, you know, like the happiest rape story of all time, a nice Christmas rape story. And vegan, and vegan. <laughs> uh, and they got, like, 90 days or something like that. Um, uh-huh. Whereas, like, if a, man, if a man had done it, and rightfully so, because it's incredibly bizarre and creepy and, and, and weird and dangerous, uh, they would go to jail for 10 years. Yeah. So, um we do have that double standard, so you can't... You, the, the man, and by the way, do you think this man is going to go around in his memoirs and tell the story about the time the three British chicks picked him up, got him to drink too much, and then he woke up with a turnip in his anus? Well, the difference, I guess, is before you started talking about vegetables being shoved up his ass, I was like, I, I wouldn't really care. I might be mad for a week. Oh, you mean they were actually uh, like sexually assaulted? Like the women mounted you or something, you mean? Yeah, if they just yeah. got me drunk and I passed out and one of them, like, you know, fucked me. I don't, I don't know. Uh, I wouldn't be happy about it, but... You it, would definitely want to see the picture, right? <laughs> yeah, yes, for sure. You would want to see the picture. If it turned out it was Tess Holiday, you'd be, <laughs> you'd be kind, of, kind of disturbed. But yeah, I agree. But the, the vegetables, this guy's, not tell, this guy's not telling a story to get sympathy. It's not coming up. He's not paying out. He's not putting out a two hundred fifty thousand dollars check to help another per, another bloke who got who got zucchini shoved up his ass while he was intoxicated. By the way, what was you know the thinking about those girls? Because women are not as predatory as men. Whereas men who do that bizarre antisocial, sexually antisocial type stuff have everything planned out to a T. Yeah, the women's evening probably just evolved with ideas. Like I said, women right. get excited when they're groups. Yeah, and I doubt they were like you know like a rapist is like I'm gonna fucking hurt this chick and I'm fucker and. I think these chicks are probably like, well, this would be fun. It would be kind of fun. I don't know. They did cut his hair, too, which is always like, uh, when women start cutting hair, it's definitely a sign of, ra- it's definitely a sign of rage. Huh. So, but they were cutting up onions. The onions, I thought, was a little beyond the pale. Because onions seems like they'd be particularly painful. They were, Jesus. Like, no, these women need to go to prison. Yeah, this is right. fucking psychotic. You're, you're, you're okay with the tubers, but not, <laughs> not with the, the fucking Lily family with the... Uh, cr- well, that's the just tube. like fucking... Uh, Ted Bundy shit. Like, I tell you, when women get together, they may have intentionally just thought they're going to have a gangbang with this guy, or just one of them was going to fuck him. When women get together with the wine, and they and they get, they all get carried away in horrible, just horrible ways. So I, uh, I think you're right. They should have gone away for ten years. So that was my double standard. On that uh, Matt, I'm going to wind up your Matt cries rape segment by saying that hey, look, you can't provide legal proof and shit that happened 15 years earlier, but just a paragraph of what happened would be nice. And by the way. This whole thing about not naming names about guys who apparently raped you and also almost always in the music business seems incredibly horrible because now you're at, you know, you're basically keeping those guys out there to rape other women. Yeah, you're, you're just saying, well, just don't rape uh, women that are musicians, but just go rape everyone else, right? I mean, dude, if that was me that was getting cucumbers shoved up my ass, 
I would be naming names. I, I would name the names like in in bold and say this is you know. I got to tell you, Matt, where you live within your zip code, there are no less than ten thousand guys who wish are thinking about doing that to you daily. <laughs> There's actually guys buying. That's actually what men are thinking about when they're at the Whole Foods buying cucumbers in your neighborhood. I have seen them sizing the cucumbers up a little more than you'd think. <laughs> like you know that guy, Matt. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna need a bigger cucumber. All right, Matt, let me ask you. Uh, we got an email from Evan. I don't know. Did you ever watch the original Baywatch series? Yeah, I've seen parts of it. Everyone's seen parts of it. I remember seeing parts of it. Pam Anderson was on it. Carmen Electra was on it later. Donna Derrico. A bunch of women with really very little talent whose careers got propelled mightily by being on a show. That, By the way, no matter what you think about David Hasselhoff, the fact that he came up with the idea, which seems so stupid, so simplistic, so just... You know, easy to come up with that having a show based around chicks in low cut bathing suits with big tits bouncing on the beach would actually be highly successful in sixty different countries around the world. Right. Everyone's like, oh, that was so obvious, like, but nobody else did it. He was the first guy, and this was before like so you had porn, you had softcore porn on Cinemax and cable. But you know, broadcast TV was just plain Jane G rated stuff. Yeah. So he was the first guy to figure out like I could merge these two. And I could actually find something that was still past the censorship muster on broadcast, over-the-air broadcast. Yeah. But basically with softcore pornography. No, it's smart. It's my theory with R-rated movies. If you already have the R, put some tits in there. You know, put some ass and nipples oh, in Oh, yeah. There. You can't have an R-rated movie. But if you're tits. already going to have a shitty TV show, why not have it with tits? Uh, oh, and only, by the way, every single premium cable outlet puts, the, puts so, much, uh, naked, so many naked women in their shows. It's ridiculous. The new the new uh, show on uh, Brett Easton Ellis has a new show on full screen, which was a cooperative between AT and T and somebody else. I forget. Mm-hmm. But his first show is called uh, The Deleted, and it involves a cult, sex cult, and so much fucking sex, and and sex with knives and sex with guns and just sex, sex, sex. Right. They're like, and that's the first thing that AT and T is coming out with on their streaming service, of course, because they're charging money for subscription. Yeah. And they know that's exactly what everyone knows. That's what sells. I mean, everyone's not an idiot knows that sex and, 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 and fucking is what sells. If you can find a way to either put it in Baywatch so it's slightly covered, or put it under Brett Easton Ellis's name as an art piece, mm-hmm. then you've really scored. You've really scored well. You've really scored well. Uh, but Baywatch was genius because of that. It had the bouncing tits. Nobody needed the story. They didn't care. And it was big in Germany, big in the U.S., big in England, big in everywhere. And Hasselhoff made himself a fortune. Uh, and at the time, like there was never, you know, Pam Anderson was discovered through that. At the time, there was no outcry about how sexist it was, or how horrible it was, or how it degraded women, or how it was just it was just a spank material for men. I'm assuming women at the time all felt that. <laughs> like women are pretty smart. They haven't changed, evolved that much in 25 years. <laughs> But they just didn't say anything. This was a time, just not so long ago, man. I take you back to the early 90s, when if people didn't like a TV show, they actually just changed the channel. Right. They didn't watch it. Like, if, if they go, oh, Baywatch, that's not for me. I'm going to watch Full House. There was actually, like, people didn't feel a need to then to go on a long, write a long essay on Twitter, a rant on, on social media, to express their feelings about how they felt about having to see Baywatch. <laughs> And to tell other people why they shouldn't be watching Baywatch and how horrible it was for everybody. Now there should be a Baywatch featuring fat chicks, even though <laughs> yes. they wouldn't be able to pass the lifeguard yes. test, obviously. Yes, yes. You, yes. you definitely don't want Edwina, the, the obese lifeguard <laughs> man in your tower when you're drowning. Uh, so now this is a great opportunity, a great social science experiment, because 25 years later, they're remaking the Baywatch into a movie. There's no reason for them to be re- remaking Baywatch other than... 
They're remaking every single popular title from 25 years ago. But now it's the perfect thing because the movie is actually the same same exact thing as the show. In fact, they're even doing it tongue-in-cheek. They're making fun of how silly Baywatch is yeah. in the Baywatch movie, which I think is kind of funny. Yeah. You know, they're like, like there's even guys in the movie like that say like you're fucking lifeguards. <laughs> stop pretending you stop pretending you do anything worthwhile. <laughs> like they're like, What? Like it's very self aware. The humor is very self aware in it, and there's a lot of, you know, hot women in it bouncing around in their, their swimsuits. And now you get to see the social reaction twenty five years later when everything has changed. Right. When every single every single person has a social media account, every single person's a social justice warrior, every single women, men too, but mostly women feel a need then to express their feelings, have their feelings validated by other women about how wrong things are. Mm-hmm. And they're just going off, teeing off on Baywatch. The movie's not out yet for seven more months. I wrote a really long essay about Magic Mike and how it made me feel inferior uh, as a man. Do you want me to go back and ask Ryan's question about how many times you came during, <laughs> during Magic Mike? Uh, were you, were you, uh, I assume that was a satirical, right? Yeah, no, I, I, yeah. Because you don't have to, I mean, yeah, look, if I have to see, like, you know, Tanning, Shannon Tatum with his beady eyes, topless, like, in commercials all the time, I'm gonna, during my football games, I'm going to get a little upset just because that's an annoyance. But I don't feel like 50 Shades of Grey, 50 Shades Darker is coming on Valentine's, it's going to do $8 billion. It's all women are talking about. It is basically just female porn. Right. With a topless guy like whipping a you know a, a lash against a, a chick who's relatable looking because she's not that attra- she's not that attractive, it's suburban mom porn, right? And I don't actually at all have a problem with the fact that women are going to flock to see that. They're talking about how amazing it is. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that bothers you or not, or if your girlfriend's going to make you go to no the Fifty Shades of Grey parts, yeah, yeah, no, just part one and part three. Uh, that movie was considered to be absolute dog shit by. Uh, the general public was it not? But I guess you mean by the general public, there was not the, the people that made, gave it three hundred million dollars at the box office. <laughs> they made it by the critics a cheap piece, a cheap piece of like uh, late night Cinemax, basically <laughs> into a three hundred million dollar box off gold box office gold. Uh, by the way, they also they always release them on Valentine's Day, which is a real huge conundrum. Which just affirms the fact that women who don't have boyfriends are going to this, right? Because even as a even as a guy, a woman would never let the, go to Fifty Shades of Grey with her on Valentine's Day. Even as something that was a gift for her, because she knows you're going to fucking hate it. Right. Not to mention that you're going to want to fucking tie her up and fuck her afterwards. So there's, there's that too. It's just a whole bunch of confusion. So it's, it's you're going to hate fuck her because she made you watch the movie. Gotcha. And, she, and then, by the way, she's supposed to have to like that too, based on the face on the film. Uh, but yeah, but this is like, this is like, so all the women that are out tweeting about how this is, oh, 25 years later, it's still sex, people still find sexism, misogyny funny, or turning women into sex objects as, as, as amusing or humor for guys or things like that. By the way, the film is entirely filled with like The Rock and Zach Efron Topless, which is like to placate, to placate the ladies, which I, by the way, I hate that because we know it's a good film for guys. We know it's a film for guys. Right, right. And they're just doing that. They're just doing that so they can say like, oh, we have topless guys too. That doesn't, that, doesn't suit, that doesn't suit my needs in any way. Yeah, but I just realized that when I see a guy that's in way better shape than me, I just uh, assume he's gay, and, and he almost always is. Uh, <laughs> so I guess I don't have the, um, you know, the self uh, Well, I would say yeah, Zach Efron, yes, but if you're calling the rock gay, we're throwing down right now. No, I, w- I would never. I would never say that. You know, there's an exception to every rule. I think. Also, they're, they're, they're gay. They're taking roids. They don't have real jobs so they can work out all the time. Uh, and uh, they were born with good genes. <laughs> I'm trying to think of all the excuses I have. <laughs> Stuff like that. They're not lazy. That's a, that's a big part of it. Uh, do you see... Are we reaching a point now in society when 
everything is just going to be everything that is produced for fun. Any, any that nobody wants anyone else to have any fun. That anything that's produced for sheer the sheer form of entertainment is just going to be torn down by various and sundry groups being angry and lambasting it. And that basically, basically, the general rule is nobody should have any fun of any kind. Yeah, I think so. I think that's what's already happening. All the movies are kind of socially engineered. It seems like I don't know. I mean, we're to the point that that Baywatch is like politically incorrect, and it's not. It's it's just a goofy, it's just a goofy thing. Well, you, you know? might even view it as politically incorrect by the fact that there's chicks running around with their tits jiggling, but like that is politically incorrect. But that's not. Morally incorrect. It's exactly. not incorrect in any other way. You it's wouldn't not be like, able to articulate what's incorrect about it. No, you could go to like a you know a, a Soho, New York uh, exhibit on feminist uh, sculptures, and people will tell you that art form is a much higher minded art form than Baywatch. Yeah. But it's completely subjective. It's just a that's a social construct, Matt. That's a social construct I'm not buying to. That's just people telling themselves that what they what gives them pleasure is 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 okay. And what gives other people pleasure is not okay. Yeah, exactly. And that they're more high minded. That's just here's my theory on this. Uh, I've mentioned this before. Pe- as we've lost, like relig- religion used to be the outlet for people to say I'm better than you, like I'm a better person than you. I'm more morally, spiritually high minded than you are. Yeah. Like you do, you do adultery, and I hide my adultery. <laughs> like it used to be, religion was a way you could like look down on other people who you didn't think were as good as you. And now that religion's kind of faded in, in the West and in, in, in modern society and advanced cultures. Uh, they just replaced it with this other moralism, which is sort of just based on the same shit religion used to be based on, which is that things I think are are righteous are morally superior to things that you think are righteous. Right. And I don't have like I can't say Jesus told me this, so I'm just going to have my ten thousand friends like like what I write, like my Facebook status update or Twitter update to show you that this is morally superior. Yeah, and we don't want to burn books, but we will try and intimidate you into not. Uh writing them. <laughs> yes, and it's the same sycophants, right? It's the same people, like mindless sycophants who, uh, you know, like everything or agree with you on whatever it is, on this moral position that Baywatch is sexist and that guys you see it are lesser guys and then therefore they've just, it's just like it's no different than the priest making a sermon saying the exact same thing. Right. So I'm going to go see Baywatch twice now. I'm going to cover my eyes when Zac Efron gets topless. <laughs> I really just, I've got it. he's just got to stop being topless in movies. I don't, I don't have nothing against the guy. But they've got to stop doing Channing Tatum, Zach Efron, all these other guys topless in, in, in movies. Yeah, it's his face doesn't match his roided out body either. He's got to like take it a little easy. You're gonna have a heart attack, dude. Yeah, no, it, it's just like it's like a, a, a twink up twink up top, and <laughs> <laughs> like and Sean Penn down below. It's just not it's just not cutting it. Uh, I want to have fun, man. Why? Do, here's my why does everybody all of a sudden? It used to be like in the old days, there was like you know there was Dean Wormer, right? There was the princi- school principal who insisted that nobody have any fun. There was always that one guy, but I felt like that guy was angry his entire life, and then he worked his way up to that position of authority. <laughs> and so it's okay to have one. Di- you need one dick at the school. You need one dick in charge to tell him not to have fun because maybe he saves a life. I don't know what the fuck he does. But now everybody is just be- anointing themselves school principal, and they just fi- they look at other people having fun, and they just tell them to stop, and here's why. Right, but the school principal actually had some authority, whereas these people, you can just... Uh, tell them to fuck off and, you know... But we kind of did that to the school school principal, too. But in a way, as much of a dick as he was, you knew it was his job, and it was like somebody had to do that job. Somebody had to tell people not to do... not to smoke weed. It was somebody's job to do that. And, like, while you didn't listen to him, you kind of, like... 
in general theoretically respected that there was a guy like who was intolerant. Right. <laughs> you kind of in the back of your mind realize what would happen to our society if like there wasn't anybody like that. <laughs> We'd all be fucking baboons, yeah. fucking stoned and drunk and fucking the shit out of each other all day long. So uh, thank you, Mr. I mean, if the, Miller. If the right and left both had their way, nothing, there wouldn't be anything like on TV. There would be no movies made. So just realize that. But when you start, you know. Sex would be illegal. Having fun. Seeing breasts would be illegal. Seeing anything enter- entertaining would be illegal. Anything that you enjoyed purely for the form of entertainment. It, your work would be illegal. It'd be like. What, I don't do work, but I'd still be illegal somehow. It'd be like what's on North Korean television. Yeah, like that's what we'd be stuck with. Yeah, yeah. Fuck it. We're gonna we're gonna keep it in podcast so that goes away. <laughs> I cry, I cry rape on that one. In uh, our final segment today, Matt, panties in a bunch. I'll tell you what has my panties in a bunch. Santa Claus, Matt. I think if anyone's gonna discuss the future of Santa Claus, it should be a Jew and an agnostic. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, I don't, I don't believe in Santa. I'm calling course. you agnostic because agnostic is a really complimentary term. It's like calling your, it's like calling yourself an environmentalist. It's a, it's a really lofty, it's a really lofty excuse for for not believing in God. <laughs> Don't you feel like atheist for atheist makes you gets people to challenge you, but when you say agnostic, people go, okay, that's cool. Okay, right, I totally that's true. It. Yeah, yeah, it's just kind of like saying I don't want to deal with it. Yeah, yeah. It, it's it's like uh, I'm I'm open. It's like saying I'm open, but this is what I've chosen. Atheist sounds like I'm in for a fight. I'm looking for. But a fight. all agnostics are atheists, right? They're just probably smarter about how they say it. It's they're 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 atheists. They're atheists who don't want to get in a fight at every single cocktail party ever. <laughs> yeah. So we're the guys to discuss Santa. So last week we had Santa Claus. The Santa Mall Santa's in particular. Mall Santa last week was telling the fat kid to uh, eat less cheeseburgers. <laughs> and you and I agreed, I think, that it was good good advice, but came from the wrong place. <laughs> Santa was overstepping his mall bound, mall Santa bounds. By the way, Santa's also fat. I don't know if that was ever brought up. Uh, you mentioned how he was obese. Okay. So, but I still think obese people can give advice to other people about being less obese. Sure. Santa should do that. Um, and this week, Mall Santa, there's a story that went around. I talk about fake news. People always wonder, how does fake news get around? <laughs> it's like... That, that itself has to be the dumbest question ever because I think everyone inherently knows the answer. <laughs> so people will believe, still to this day, you know, I can see 100 years ago people believe anything was in print because the printing press, the printing machine seemed pretty cool. And people who owned one and able to deliver a newspaper to your front doorstep yeah. seemed like they must be wizards. <laughs> therefore, they were some kind of technical geniuses. And therefore, what they wrote in their newspaper had to be true. Right. So William Randolph Hearst, everything he wrote about, like, they got us in the Spanish-American War. It had to be true because it was in print on a newspaper and no one else in the neighborhood knew how to print a newspaper. Right. But now we live in an era when anyone can print anything they want and buy a, buy a social ad on Facebook and put their story out there. But somehow people still believe anything they see in print no matter what. It's just not everybody, but the general public. If they see a story on Facebook and it has like Life Wonk Gazette or something like that or World News Now on it, they just believe it. You know, they matter. found in the week or two before the last presidential election that there was more fake news on Facebook than real news. Yes, but you, I mean, you know why the guys, who, the guys who were doing the fake news were not pro-Trump necessarily. They were doing pro-Trump fake news because the pro-Trump people were clicking on it like crazy and they were making a shitload of money off the advertising. Right. So the Macedonians, the Greek guys they found doing this shit, they were just trying to create fake news so we get clicks. They weren't politically, they weren't politically ambitious. They just wanted to get the most clicks and they found the news about, you know, like the Pizzagate shit or whatever it was to get like millions and millions of clicks. And therefore, they got all the ad dollars from it. Right. So they were ga- they were gaming the advertising system. So 
Fake news this week, Santa, Santa Claus, the story, everyone saw this story about how Santa Claus, uh, uh, the mall Santa, he actually, he says he performs a Santa 90 times a year. And I was thinking, like, I get to, like, the 20 or so in December. Where else, where else are you doing Santa during the year? Like, is there a lot of, lot of, lot of calls for Santa, like, in July? Like, what's he doing? I'm, I'm assuming maybe stripping? <laughs> like, gay, gay bachelor yeah, parties? <laughs> what's... What's the call? What's the call for Santa throughout the year for jobs? It seems to me that's one of those very seasonal jobs. But somehow this Santa says he's working ninety times a year. So this—he's also a liar. So he is a liar. So this Santa claims uh, that this kid. His story went around how about this kid called for Santa. Santa went to see this very sick kid, and the kid got in Santa's lap, asked for a toy, which Santa promised him. And immediately after Santa told him his toy was coming, the, the boy, little boy, I think a five-year-old, six-year-old, said. Thank you, Santa. Then died in Santa's arms. What a heartwarming story! <laughs> it really was a heartwarming story, uh, uh, except for us Jews who just know that Santa killed them somehow uh, to bring them closer to Jesus. And uh, uh, so the story went around unchecked. It was put, published by a newspaper, one of the local newspapers in Tennessee, which apparently didn't fact check it either. That's not surprising. To it me. was spread around. Like, you always see the stories on Facebook, and it's always like chimpanzee hugs puppy. And then it's like got 80 million, 80 million, 80 million views or like 3 million likes. And like, what? Like, what? This is, and you'll see a story about like, yeah, about some uh, like power plant polluting a river somewhere where it's giving everyone leukemia. It's got like three, three, three views. Like yeah. one, one not even, non-committal like, like one, like even the, a correction or, or, or a, a fact-checking thing pointing out that your article is fake, that will get, like, no views whatsoever. No. No, nobody cares. And the fact that half, the fact that half people are getting their news from Facebook is not nearly as scary as the news are actually getting on Facebook <laughs> because you just have to crunch the numbers and see exactly what the stories people are reading and, retwe- and, and, and liking and sharing. Right. And it's all the most inane, insipid, lowest common denominator content possible. Whereas really somewhat important, like arcane stories about the, the wars raging on Syria, get almost no get almost no traction whatsoever. So it would be fine if people got their news through Facebook and that was the news. But no, it's about Santa and the dead kid. And it turns out that Santa may be Matt. I'm going to break this to you. Remember when you were 17, your dad told you Santa didn't exist and you cried for, <laughs> cried for a week? It turns out maybe Santa lied about the story, about the kid dying in his arms. Uh-huh. And the newspaper was so excited to get a feel-good Christmas story, they pr- they printed it, and the entire world on Facebook and, and social media was so excited to get a feel-good Christmas story that everybody and their and their brother shared it, and everyone cried about it and did the cry cry emoticon <laughs> about the boy dying in Santa's arms, which is a brilliant story, by the way. And it turns out it's probably not true, right? Is it? Here's my question to you to end this end this end this segment. Isn't it time that we just eliminated mall Santas as an industry because they just really cleared? They clearly seem to be the most deviant set of people we have around, and they are really offering, at this point, offering nothing to society. you got to think about what fat, old, bald guys with giant beards, like kind of like what they're doing the rest of the months when your yes. kid's not sitting on their lap. Yes. <laughs> they're like, they're, they're doing meth in trucker bars, you know, they're riding Harleys, uh, I picture them drinking out of like giant frothy mugs, like yeah. in beat beat down bars, telling somewhere. like real filthy jokes, like to where you're like, "That's not cool, man." Yes, like that's the type of shit they're doing. Yes. So uh, the fact that we hire these people at, at, at low low wages at Christmas time to do this stuff, there's got to be a law, I guess. Santa seems to be doing a lot of damage, and this doesn't include like 
the SantaCon people, whatever it is, that go to the, the Santa the Santa thing in New York. We were talking about where everyone gets dressed up like Santa and starts beating the crap out of one another right. to be socially getting drunk and be socially destructive. Santa's become like a very evil elf figure <laughs> in our society. He used to be maybe maybe sweet and generous, and now he's just sort of you know the, the he's like the um, the, you know, the guy Fox of like uh, of America at least. People are donning Santa costumes, just burning shit. Yeah, I mean he breaks into your house. He lives at the North Pole, which only a pedophile would need to move to the North yes, Pole to, like, evade authorities. Be away from all parks and schools. Where there may not even be any laws against that. I don't know. No, I think in North Pole you can fuck whoever you want. <laughs> so, <laughs> pretty much there. It, it's, it's an odd thing. We talked about clowns a couple Are you saying ago. get rid of Santa or just mall Santas? Well, I think we started with mall Santas, but clearly my deeper agenda is to get rid of mall Santas. Yeah. So, as a Jewish kid, I never liked Santas because I always felt they were discriminatory. Uh, and also that they creeped me out. And the fact that there was a fat guy in a red suit made no sense. I don't think it's like receiving communion. I think you can still sit on Santa's lap. Well, there was this guy, by the way. Really? I think so. I don't. That never appealed to me. Even from a young age, I remember th- sitting on... I was told not to sit on strangers' laps. Uh, <laughs> there was a guy, by the way, I don't know if you saw this video, hilarious, in Texas, West Texas, very religious area. And he is a preacher. He's a born-again pr- uh, preacher. He went to, like, the mall where the kids were waiting in line to sit on Santa's lap. And started screaming at the parents <laughs> yeah. of the kids he said, about how Santa wasn't real. That's hilarious. And it was Jesus. It was about Jesus' birthday. It was all about Jesus. It would have been really great if he left out the Jesus part. Well, but he was like talking about like Santa was basically looking at these kids in the eyes, their parents, and saying, "Jesus, Santa's not real. Your parents are lying to you. Santa Claus is fiction. This is Jesus' birthday, and all this <laughs> like that." Dick. I just what a total dick. And yet, I can see you doing that. And uh, it was kind of funny because it looks at the kids' faces. And then the parents, by the way, doing that in Texas is a really bad idea with the concealed carry, concealed carry laws. Good way to get yourself killed. So eventually the parents, first you ignore them, then the parents start coming, dude, not cool, not cool. Got to get out of here. Got to stop saying that shit. He's like, why? Because you think Santa's real? You know Santa's fake. Santa's fake. Santa's fake. Well, Jesus is fake, too. What, 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 you want to go to that preacher's house and yell outside his, house, his church? <laughs> I, that's what I would have said. You know, Jesus face? Does he want him to sit like we get a Jesus replica guy? Like what the guy that walks up and down Sunset Boulevard, the Jesus impersonator dude, and you sit on Jesus' lap instead? Would that make any difference? I think you'd still be very upset about that. I think it's time for Santa. I think it's time. We live in a now and age where we're getting rid of all the fun. I think it's time to get rid of Santa Claus. He's the next thing. Clowns, too. We talked to clowns at Halloween time, the ones that were chasing kids around. Yeah. Really, any time a man dresses up in a costume, it's just creepy. There's just no, there's no reason for men to be in costumes. Covering your face with fake beards and stuff like that, it's just that's 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 the, that's the milieu of, of pedophiles and creepy people. That just needs to stop going away. No man should be allowed to wear a costume after the age of twelve. Agreed. Agree. Matt, you have something you wish to pimp and promote this week? Uh, go to my website, mattralston.net. And I'm on Twitter at Matthew Ralston. What giants are you? What giants? Uh, what, who are you speaking truth to power this week? Oh, LeBron James, man! They found out he didn't vote. You know, he was like campaigning for Hillary. Uh, and he didn't the vote. safety pin. You wore the giant safety pin. What a big pin! I wonder if all those like uh, shots, or those uh, little sh- those uh, West Hollywood shots, I see of the guys with safety pins in their dicks. Are, they, are those tacitly supporting Hillary as well? That one seems like a very mixed mess, a very mixed feminist message to me. Uh, I would like to thank Rocco's Tavern in Studio City, the home of the Bell Pepper Pizza. <laughs> I probably enjoy it so much. Great beers, giant giant ass beers. Uh, I'm counting at least 15 screens here. Two to sports, the place you can feel like a man, where men feel like men. Uh, I would like to thank our audience. Uh, Rocco's, thank you all. I appreciate you guys for coming. You're fantastic as well, as usual. Uh, for sound engineer Brian. 
is Lux. Talk to you next week, man. Uh, last minute on Earth.